Welcome back to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh HaYeshiva and President of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. This week we're looking at Shuvot relating to the letter J, Jewish identity, external markers of Jewish identity. And specifically in this episode, we're going to continue to look at Shuvot that Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote regarding men wearing a kippah. In last episode, we saw that Rav Moshe framed the nature of the obligation of men to wear a kippah based on the Gemara as a midat chasidut, as an act of piety, although an act of piety that had become a widespread and a universal minhag, uh, custom. Um, nevertheless, he did not overemphasize the obligation um, and basically bracketed the Taz's position that it was a problem of b'chukotehem, of going bareheaded, of not going in the ways of Gentiles, and said that that is not true nowadays. Um, there's not a specific choke of Gentiles to go bareheaded. And he allowed for a person to take off his kippah in order to get a job or in order to uh, keep a job and in order to function effectively during one's job because of the importance of a parnasa, the importance of having a livelihood. In this episode, we're going to look at some smaller vote where he's being asked whether a person may or should take off a kippah before engaging in some less-than-kosher activities. And we'll also look at a tshuva where he deals with uh, the consequence of making a bracha or davening without a kippah. So in Orachayim 2.95, um, in a tshuva written in 1960, in the end of the tshuva, he writes as follows. He says, Ubedavar knisa theater, theater, vile movies, going into a theater and a movie, and he does not seem to be indicating um, any that of problematic content per se, um, so, but nevertheless, he feels this is not a type of an activity that somebody who is a bentora should be doing. It's not, you know, it's a waste of time, and maybe often there are improper things that are being uh, displayed um, in the theater and the movies. Harehu davar ha'asur. He just takes for granted that to do such a thing is forbidden. How can we permit a person to take off his hat? So the fact that he's wearing a hat and not just a kippah seems that we're even talking about somebody from the more yeshivish community, and to sit there with the head uncovered, and they'll, they'll be adding one sin on top of their sin. So clearly the questioner said maybe it's better to take off one's hat when doing this. Why would it be better? Well, because if you uh, feel that people should not be going to the movies and therefore to wear one's hat in the movie is sending a, and signaling that you're Jewish by wearing one's hat, uh, it's sending a signal that it's okay for from Jews to be going to the movies. Now, in his initial response that this is just adding a sin and how can we permit it, Rav Moshe does not yet factor in some of these policy considerations. He's framing it as, you want to ask if it's allowed to take off a kippah if you're doing another sin? The answer is no. But now he factors in the other considerations, and he says the following. Somebody who's really struggling. It's not somebody who's just like, I don't care about this prohibition, whatever that prohibition is. I don't care about the idea that we're not supposed to go to movies. No, somebody just has a Yetzer Hara and is struggling with his Yetzer Hara. And we can't persuade him not to go. Um, that's the assessment. So, So maybe here, and this seems like the person who's going isn't asking, but somebody, maybe a Rav is asking about what he should advise this person. So maybe better to remove the hat because at least that will remove the Chil Hashem. So if we're focusing it on a private person and the question is just, hey, I'm doing one Avera, can I do another Avera? So the answer is obviously no. I mean, it's so obviously no. Rav Moshe didn't have to write that, but he wants 
wants to, I think, lay the groundwork and start by framing it as taking off the kippah is something problematic. So even though, as we've seen before, it's a minog, it's not, you know, there are circumstances it's allowed, but we have to start with the idea that it's problematic. And now we have to ask what type of policy or other considerations might outweigh that. So maybe one consideration is, is that it won't be a chil Hashem. Chil Hashem, people think, oh my God, Jews go from Jews, go to the movie. That is not at all what I thought Torah Judaism was about. And you could also talk about being machshil other people, you know, and it opens up the door for other people to think that they're allowed to do that. So Rav Moshe says, Husvara gedola. You know what? That is, there's a lot of logic to that, to say that my, maybe we should allow it. Okay, so what are we going to say? But this would only be in a place when somebody is doing this for the sake of heaven. So now it seems we're back to the person who's actually doing it and wants to know, should I um, take off my hat so that I can at least not do a chil Hashem when I have to go ahead and do, and, you know, satisfy my Yetzir Hara to go to the movies. So Rav Moshe says, so Moshe says, yes, but I'm highly skeptical that that's really a person's kavana. There could be other kavanot, you know, the kavana could be like, I just want to give myself more of a license, so I feel I'm not in my Jewish mode when I'm doing it. Um, and therefore, if Moshe says, I am very, very hesitant to give an allowance um, to this case. So a fascinating chuvan, a few lines, and there's a lot to, to think about here. Um, number one, you know, his assumption that movies is such a terrible thing. Again, this is uh, probably because there's, you know, there are ratings to movies, but there's a lot of stuff that uh, a good firm Jew shouldn't be seeing. Um, and it's nice to harken back to those times when you would not have entertainment and all of these sort of visuals bombarding us in our homes. And that was actually seen as something that you could protect people from um, the movies. That's number one. But number two, what's also fascinating is that he does not address another possible dynamic going on here, which is maybe that the uh, reason to insist that a person keep his kippah on um, and not allow somebody to do this to save from the Chil Hashem is because of something that I alluded to a minute ago, which is is that if you know you're being Jewish, if you sort of are owning your Jewish identity and still doing it, you know, that might sort of force you to embody the struggle and to recognize I really shouldn't be doing this. I'm, people see that I'm Jewish. I am Jewish. I stand for something. I represent something, you know, and maybe that'll strengthen, as it were, your Yetzer Hatov and help you not go. Whereas once you take off your kippah, you can give yourself total license um, to do what you want, or you might be able to sort of compartmentalize these parts of your lives. So it would seem to me that that would be, uh, have been something that Rav Moshe um, should have mentioned. And maybe that's ultimately what he means when he says that I I question the L'shem Shemaim and I can't allow it. Because why does it matter whether it's L'shem Shemaim or not? Who cares what this guy's intention is? At the end of the day, it actually will save Chil Hashem from this perspective. It'll save other people from thinking it's allowed. It'll save people from having a different understanding of what from Jews are supposed to act like. So, you know, maybe, um, so maybe, uh, so who cares what the person's intention is? There is the reality of that benefit of taking off the kippah. And perhaps what Rav Moshe means is, is that yes, there is that benefit. But if there's just as good of a likelihood that this person wants to give himself license and therefore to do something which I've already labeled as problematic, if everything was neutral, we could have a total policy discussion and weigh what are the policy considerations in this direction, policy considerations in that direction. But we start with the fact that this is something you should not be doing, removing your kipa, And therefore, things have to be quite clear to say that we should allow you to do it. And even though I can acknowledge that there might be a saving of the chil 
real Hashem. Um, there also could be a real cost about how this is allowing this person greater license. And therefore, uh, says Rav Moshe, I cannot see my way uh, clear to, um, to allowing this. Now, of course, this is an issue that comes up uh, in all of our lives, I think, uh, from time to time, uh, somebody is tempted to act in a particular way. And the question is, like, there's a possible, there's Chil Hashem that could entail because when we are dressed in a certain way, that makes it clear that we're Jewish. And, uh, like, if I'm going to uh, yell at some driver that cut me off, if I have a Yetzir Hara to do that, right, should I take off my kippah before doing it so I don't create another Chil Hashem? And, you know, on the one hand, you could say, uh, yeah, because that does actually does have a big impact. That does shape people's perceptions about religious Jews, you know, a lot more than, uh, than the question about going to the movies. And on the other hand, you could say, you know, if you keep your keeper on, maybe I won't get angry and yell at the driver because I'll be very conscious of what I am communicating. So this is such a great chuvan, raises such a great question about what that means to be going through life, you know, with these external markers of Jewish identities, identity and the sort of the responsibility that that creates, how that makes a person self-conscious of their actions, and whether it would ever be appropriate, despite that, to remove those markers. So now we turn to a similar tshuva written around the same time in Yerdea 233 from 1963, 1962, and he says the following, People who go to places of licentiousness where there's mixed dancing, and of course, you know, there was mixed dancing in the... Uh, um, you know, in the in the 1950s, 1960s in America, I mean, that was like a standard social event at Young Israel's. Uh, now it would be, a, you know, sort of a, a shocking and uh, sacrilege to think that something like that could happen in a Young Israel. But anyway, um, that was a pretty common phenomenon in even Orthodox synagogues, um, and sometimes not in the synagogue. And the question was, somebody wants to go there. Um, so sometimes people, not only they're going to the dances to socialize, you know, maybe you, uh, it's a good shidduch opportunity, but sometimes they're even actually engaging in the dancing itself, even though these are people that are generally mitzvah observant. And they go with their heads covered with a kippah. So here again, the question is coming not from the person him himself, but from the rabbi, you know, some community leader. Should they be instructed to remove their kippah? That people should not say that this type of mixed dancing is permissible. Since, because, you know, people who normally keep Torah, and again, this presumably now we're talking about modern Orthodox. Again, it seems like we're talking about, you know, Jewish Orthodox stances. Um, but people will say, look, you know, it's people that generally keep Torah um, and would never go with their kippah um, removed, they go there. Right? So this is the problem, not of the Chil Hashem, if you would, but of the Mars Ayin, or at least one understanding of Mars Ayin, which is how will it affect other people's behaviors? So if people see that people wear kippah, then they will um, say, oh, so that's okay, that's uh, acceptable within orthodoxy to... Um, uh, to go to mixed dances, I'm going to go as well, right? Whereas in this case, um, you know, if you tell them to remove the kippah, they'll say, oh, so it's clearly not acceptable, and this guy is just a Russian, I should never learn from him. Interesting, here he emphasizes the question about affecting people's actions, maybe in the case before, which was more about the hat and the yeshivish community, it was clear that other people would not be led astray, or he assumed that, um, and the concern was Chil Hashem, whereas here his 
concern is what message of permission might it be sending to other people. So that seems like a good question. And Rav Moshe, as we know in the previous case, thought like there's something serious to weigh there, although he was concerned about the person's intention. So what does he say here? He says, Pashut Laniotaiti. Here, he doesn't give any weight to that side of the argument to remove the kippah. It's obvious that we cannot allow them to do another transgression. So again, in both of these two vote, although again we saw otherwise when dealing with removing the kippah for work, here he's framing removing the kippah as an isur. You know, one assumes not an isur drabanan, but his point that it's a minhag that gives it somewhat of the weight of an isur. So it's clearly something that is halachically wrong and forbidden. Af rak isur minhag, and I think explicitly, it's, even though it's true it's only a minhag isur, chashuv kikisar rush, but it's an important minhag isur. Um, and therefore, we can't allow it. Now, I do understand that you think that ultimately there'll be a benefit, that people won't be led astray. And now we see the what was the implicit dynamic before, which is these policy decisions, you know, it's very easy that they can go either way, as we've seen before. Um, won't lead people astray, but might actually send a different message. You know, it's okay to go mixed dancing if you remove your keeper and so on. So when it's really hard to know which what the right policy is, you know, you got to get back to the fact that this is a wrong thing to be doing in Isur, and therefore we don't go ahead permitting Isurim, except presumably in cases, you know, if the policy was benefits were so black and white, um, then we would weigh it against this minhag. Um, and again, I wonder whether Rav Moshe really thinks that keeping the kippah on actually serves a positive purpose of maybe pulling people back and making them more reflective of their actions. And then he goes on and he says, "Vigam etzem hadavar hutaut." You know what? And here's why. Anyway, I think that your whole policy consideration is in error. Why? If he's known that he's generally a shomer mitzvos, so if people know who he is, they're not going to say, "Oh, he's not from," and that's why it's allowed. People know that he's a from guy, and they're going to say the op. I mean, not that that's why it's allowed. Oh, he's not from, and that's why he does it. But it's something that you know halacha doesn't allow. People will say the opposite. People will say, "Oh, look, it's okay to be from and to go to mixed dancing, and it's even okay to go to when you're going mixed dancing to not wear a kippah." So you're not going to be uh, saving people from drawing conclusions about what is permissible for a from Jew to do. Um, the only way this could be beneficial is if people say, if you were to say to this man, you know what? If you're going to go mixed dancing, you should become a total Russia and make it clear, and therefore make it clear to everybody that only total Rishayim go mixed dancing. So Moshe says, obviously you can't do that. And this really seems to be the underlying point, that if somebody is doing something wrong, we don't allow something else. It's a very slippery slope. In whatever your policy considerations are, what you have to do is be saying, how do I increase this person's mitzvah observance, not how can I permit something else um, and feed, and for Rav Moshe's concern, feed into it. Now, what Rav Moshe doesn't sort of uh, address is, let's say, the other side. Let's say people don't know who this man is. All they see is a man with a kippah. You know, what message will that send? And by not wearing a kippah, people might think that he's not from. Um, but again, if the phenomenon is actually a mixed dance, um, a Jewish mixed dance, and a lot of other people are wearing kippot, it gets obviously a lot more complicated. But it is fascinating that he does not 
consider you know, the simple fact that if you, you're not wearing a kippah, people won't be able to put you in a box and categorize and assume, are you a shomer mitzvah? It's not a shomer mitzvah. So Rav Moshe basically just says that you know, it is very questionable what the policy sort of gain will be here. And he ends it by saying the following. Ulechein. And therefore, God forbid, God forbid that we should seduce people, encourage people, allow people to do other prohibitions because of some speculative possible policy gains. That is not the way to go. This is problematic already. Not you know, Obviously, this makes dancing for Rav Moshe, and it's problematic, um, obviously, the not wearing of the kippah. And therefore, we cannot think that we can allow something problematic because we think there's some possible policy gain. So what is the answer? And if you have such people in your community, your responsibility, like we have seen, is to stress and encourage people to be more observant. So you could try to persuade these people, but Rav Moshe understands that that might be what we call a brach levatala, that might be something that there's no reasonable hope for. So fine, focus on everybody else and go ahead and stress to everybody, this is really, really usher to go mixed dancing. I don't want to see anybody in my community go mixed dancing and so on. And even if it has no influence on those that are doing it, it'll have influence on others. So if your concern is that this man's actions will lead others astray, your responsibility is to create an equal and opposite or a stronger and opposite action to, in terms of the way you speak from the pulpit in order to keep people on the straight and narrow. It's interestingly not concerned about the way that also will be sort of pointing a finger of blame or, you know, of uh, calling out people as sinning and so on. Obviously, you're not going to mention anybody in particular, but Rav Moshe says this is how we hold the line, um, and we don't do it by permitting things that are forbidden. Now, before we continue to the tshuva about uh, not wearing a kippah during davening, I want to mention one more tshuva in the fourth chapter of Yardea, number 11, from 1981. I should mention that the uh, fourth chapter of Rav Moshe is a posthumous volume, uh, one that came out after he died, and uh, we've quoted from some of these posthumous volumes in the past. There's been some people that speculate whether or not um, Rav Moshe actually wrote these. There was a fascinating uh, study that was put up on the uh, web a few months ago, like a uh, statistical analysis. Analysis comparing these to the earlier volumes and demonstrating based on word usage that these are genuine. I don't know exactly how you distinguish between whether it's genuine or whether somebody is really good at, co- at copying a style. But anyway, the general pres- assumption is that all of these two vote are genuine, even though there have been those that have raised a question. And here in Yordea 4.11, he deals with not, uh, well, he deals with the Kippa issue in terms of work, something we've discussed before. But in the beginning of it, he deals with this question about doing these types of um, activities these entertainment activities, because we saw one of his questions was about removing the kippah uh, before going uh, to the movies. Um, and he called that a davar asur. So now here he addresses, he doesn't speak about the movies, but he speaks about something very similar. And it's worth sort of seeing this because it also relates to the question about assimilation and influence of the larger cultural outside society. So the question is, Is there prohibition of to go to a a theater and to a sports stadium. So Rav Moshe says, that to go to a theater where they do uh, sort of acts of levity. So I assume he means, you know, a simple, uh, like a Broadway play. Um, and remember before he called it a davar ha'asur. And here he says, and how about a sports theater? Because in the Gemara, you know, these were often associated, these were Roman entertainment activities, and is this a Bechukotehim problem? And here Rav Moshe says that this is not Bechukotehim, 
Chukotehem, again, very formal in terms of, and careful in terms of how he categorizes that. This is not related to Avodah Zarah. And he actually even goes further and he says, look, it's prohibited because it's, you know, you're, it's too much levity. You're wasting your time and you're encouraging a more frivolous approach to life. Um, and then Rav Moshe makes a very important cultural point and a character point. Based following the Gemara and Avodah Zarah and the reality, he says, you know, it encourages a whole different type of a lifestyle. So it's not just you're losing an hour by going and watching the football game or three hours, but, you know, in general, your investment in Talmud Torah is going to go down in other areas. Um, and then Rav Moshe says, nevertheless, it is not a problem of Bechukotehem. Why? Because he says, look, it's not done just by religious people, which would make it Bechukotehem. And not only that, and here's a fascinating point where he points, where he sort of talks about a, uh, a shared value that we have with people of other religions. It seems to me that the uh, priests of uh, Christianity, they also don't approve of people wasting their time and going to the theater and the stadium. And then he says, So he says also, how about the Arab countries and the Muslims? They also don't like people sort of spending their time in these types of things. And therefore he says that this is not a problem of Bechuktehem, it is a problem of late Sanut, of Betul Torah, of Gam Odi Shergadol Yech, to Megari Yetzirhara, that you incite the Yetzirhara, you whet your appetite for uh, for these types of either frivolous entertainment or maybe even for sort of uh, in areas of sexuality. Al Shel Arayot Binashe, in areas of sexuality. So many of these things sort of uh, whet one's sexual appetite. So here one gets a sense of why Rav Moshe earlier called movies and theater a forbidden thing, although interestingly, again, very careful not to label that to be about Bechukotehem. Um, so it is a part of the larger non-Jewish culture, but it is not, we don't label everything there Bechukotehem. We have to be very careful in our halachic categorization. And now, to round this episode out, we look at a tshuva from Orchayim 440, um, again, the posthumous volume, um, and was written in 1979, and this is section 14. And here the question is, what is the story about davening without a head covering? And definitely, if the whole head covering is an issue of minhag and midat chasidut, why do we give such extra weight? Now, we could say we give extra weight to wearing a kippah when you daven or say a bracha, because, you know, God's name, the whole idea of a kippah is awe of God, and therefore this is particularly when it is necessary. But Rav Moshe goes further and says the following. He says, In, in our countries where the non-Jews specifically take off their head coverings before davening, before their prayer, excuse me, So both when they enter a church and when they sort of say their prayers, they have they, they make a point of having their head uncovered. Then, then it, this is genuine b'chukoteihem. This is if not normal, not covering the head. We've seen that before. That has nothing to do with uh, chok or anything of that, why people go bareheaded. But removing one's head covering for davening, for prayer, <laughs> for us for davening, for them for prayer, um, that actually would be b'chukotehem because that is something that they do as well. And Rav Moshe then goes on to say that uh, that would include not having your head covered when you enter into a shul. And um, then even going further to say that it would actually invalidate the davening. Maybe only if you intentionally davened with your head uncovered. 
and because then your sort of act, your sinful act would invalidate the davening and make it a to'eva. And maybe, says Rav Moshe, this is even worse than, let's say, davening in a place where there's excrement, because the very fact that you davened in a way that is specific to that of other religions with one's head uncovered makes the davening a to'eva regardless of your fault. And even if accidentally your kippah fell off of your head, it would be invalid. It would be considered a to'eva. And the relevance for this, he says, is that if your kippah does fall off your head and your talit uh, falls off or something of that nature, and you have no head covering, you actually would interrupt your davening in order to put it back on. So in these series of Chuvot, we see that although Rav Moshe uh, does not make wearing a kippah weightier than a minhag, and he allows a person to take it off for the sake of work, he does recognize that there are situations where a person absolutely should not do it. Um, if one is doing something inappropriate, he puts aside policy considerations or feels there are counterbalancing policy considerations. In the end of the day, his general attitude is, I'm not going to help you doing an iser by telling you you can do another iser that has to be countered in a different type of way. And then saying that when it comes to davening and maybe making brachot, not wearing a kippah could actually be a real problem of bichukotehem, because of prayer without one's head covered, could be a real non-Jewish practice and would have the uh, relevant consequences. In next episode, we will see Rav Moshe dealing with not the issue of various articles of clothing as markers of identity, but Jewish names as markers of Jewish identity. Thanks for listening to Igros Moshe A to Z, now celebrating 10,000 listens. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Yeshivat Chovevei Torah. To learn more, visit yctorah.org.